0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Uber Neuro, the podcast designed to bring fantastic stories of triumph over challenge from people who are both diagnosed and often, uh, as it seems increasingly is the case, undiagnosed adults uh, who get through their life with one of the many neurodiversity challenges um, that some of us face. Um, With me today is Laura. Hello, Laura. Are you there?
1: Hello, I'm here.
0: Hello, excellent. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to have a great chat around uh, the challenges you faced, um, how you how you coped with them, and then what happened next. And I'm looking forward to uh, both hearing your story and giving you the opportunity to share. And I'll share too, so it's a mutual exchange. Lovely. And uh, other people will no doubt benefit from what we're about to say. So without further ado, uh, tell us who Laura is and um, the, the challenge that, you faced, I guess.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm a 32 year old teacher. I am very recently diagnosed with uh, autism, and before that, at university, I was diagnosed with um, dyslexia and dyspraxia as well. And I'm currently looking at an ADHD diagnosis, so it's a nice all around situation there. Um, I think my sort of biggest issue to overcome, really personally, um, has been the impact on my mental health of being undiagnosed particularly with um autism and um, as I say I've recently diagnosed with that so as I've grown up and you know gone to university and and gone on to have a career in teaching um I have quite a lot of mental health issues and, and not really understood where those are coming from or, or why my thought processes seem to be different from other people or you know why I have issues with certain things that other people just don't seem to have a problem with um I mean my ex-head teacher described me as an um as an always person she said you're either always up she said or you're always down she said and there's no mid ground you're either up there and you're bouncing around the school and you've got this idea and that idea and this idea or you're completely on the floor and there's no moving yet she said you've got no midpoint whereas most people seem to live in the mid area and very rarely as high or low as I get. I struggle to find that in-between place, Um, which means you never know which Laura you're getting, (laughs) which can be an issue for those closest to me sometimes. But also in my own head, you know, I don't know from one day to another what I'm waking up with or what's going to impact that because it can can change on a dime from the smallest, you know, social... not problem but I can see something socially as a problem that other people wouldn't bat an eyelid at and that can change my entire day um so yeah I think mental health issues really have been my main sort of hurdle to overcome or try to overcome as I'm still not quite yet there yet I'm still very up and down um but I've got a lovely support network now so that's that's helpful
0: and that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I, I hear so much in there that just resonates. You know, I, I think you're not alone. I think most of what you said, I, I'm at least 50% of that. And I expect yeah. people listening will identify with lots of it. Um, and that's one of the most interesting things coming out, uh, you know, in, in everything I'm hearing at the moment is, um, you know, the more we're all talking about this, this stuff, the more we're realising actually.
1: There's you, a lot of us out there
0: neurodiversity neuro is I think actually the norm I, I don't think I think most people have got something going on mm-hmm. uh, others may disagree that's up to them but the reality is I think that um, for one reason or another the way our brains are wired cause us to struggle with things in a certain way and actually I'm not sure that I'm not sure that anybody does live in the middle I think people are very good at hiding it yeah um,
1: masking. I think
0: if you don't have autism I don't have autism so you know, I I don't know how much harder it is to mask. My son has autism and I know it's very difficult for him to mask because, you know, his feelings are so raw and so ever-present and every tiny thing can totally tip him.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: And, and, you know, I think we can all identify with that. We've all been there where uh, even without... Uh, even thinking we've got on neurodiversity uh, something will happen and totally ruin our day or something will happen and totally make our day and yeah. you know that that sort of uh ability to flick from one, yeah, to, between the other, one to the other I think mm-hmm. is prevalent um talk about um if you wouldn't mind you know obviously you're a grown-up now um
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> how did this impact when you were younger Uh, You're a teacher, which is amazing. So you've obviously had a really interesting experience with education. I'm curious to hear, obviously. uh, Um,
1: I I always did very well at school. Um, I always followed the rules. The odd incident, maybe one or two, where when I (laughs) didn't follow the rules, it was rather large. Um, Maybe two of those, three maybe in my school career. But I was always very well behaved, always under the radar. I was the kid at the back of the class that was constantly reading. Um, So I didn't cause a problem. I was sort of your typical um, undiagnosed girl with autism, very quiet, Um, said enough to sort of get by, Um, You know, looked to be happy with different social groups, but didn't actually have a social group that I fit in with as such. Um, So I always enjoyed school. I think the structure and the timetable and the fact that I had my hands on as many books as I could get to um, made it a positive experience for me, really, And I think I decided at seven that I was going to be a teacher, and that Uh gave me a focus. And that was it then. Once I had that as a focus, um, I don't know if you've heard of hyper focusing with um, autistic people. Um, I I, I think now that that's likely what that was, and it was something to hold on to and a bit of um, constant throughout sort of my childhood. That's what I'm doing, that's what I'm working towards, um, and that's what I did. Um, I mean looking at it now my job has the same structure as every other year of my life I start in September I get a break at Christmas I get one at Easter I get the summer off I have an assembly several times a week I do English I do you know my routine hasn't actually changed yeah. five, if you look at it that way um, yeah I've forgotten the beginning part of your question. I do apologize. The, no, that's
0: fine. The beginning part, you've <laughs> answered it really well. It's totally cool. The beginning part was, how did this affect you when you were younger? And obviously, as yeah. a teacher, you know, um, that's quite an amazing journey. Um, and And how does that, Allow you to relate to other children with autism, if at all. I mean
1: um Um, no, it really does. Um I mean I've always been very honest with my classes that I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic. I mean, when you've got a teacher that can't spell some rather basic words, they pick up on it very quickly. Sure they do. Um so I've always been really honest with that. Um spelling is not my strong point. If you spot a spelling mistake, tell me. I'm not gonna be cross. It's help. And I think sometimes that helps the class to be more open about what they can't do because there's yeah. lots of things I can't do and I'll explain why I'm a bit more wary with my new diagnosis of autism I don't know whether that's because I've not grown into it yet or because of public perception but I'm not yet at the point where I'm comfortable to say to my class oh and I'm autistic which actually this year when we did I did loads of work around um, autism awareness week because I have children in my class who are autistic and obviously I am, so it's important to me. And actually it felt a little bit untruthful that I hadn't, you know, I want my autistic children in my class to feel proud of who they are and to shout it from the rooftops. And in fact, one of them did come in and say, that's me. And I was so excited and so happy that he'd felt that he could do that. That's me, that's what I am. And the whole class thought I went, oh, like it made, like it made sense a bit more to them then. And the fact that I couldn't say it as well made me feel a little bit uncomfortable and hoping I would get there. The children don't care, but very much parent perception of somebody with autism teaching their child, I think that's not there yet in the wider society. And I think it could cause me problems to admit to, which feels awful, but is unfortunately still very much the case.
0: Amazing. Um, And obviously, look, this podcast is going to be out there, but... I've only mentioned uh, your first name, so hopefully it won't cause any discomfort. (laughs) Um, But equally, I I think, um, yeah, I I think that actually, I think it's a positive, Mm -hmm. I think it's a massive positive to have uh, more teachers uh, aware of the challenges, not just through education, but having a teacher with autism, um, you know, uh, and clearly high-functioning autism, you know, Mm -hmm. you're clearly, um, you know, able to... um, At least today, anyway. (laughs) Well, indeed, indeed, we're obviously getting you on a very good day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when I'm sat in meetings with parents and I'm doing IEPs for those children in my class with autism, I am—I have been honest with them, and I have said, you know, I understand some of the issues. Can I suggest? I've suggested literature to them. I've suggested websites. Have, um, and it's—I'm aware of the issues because I am autistic, and I feel comfortable saying that to them. They know their their children. They know that being autistic doesn't mean their children are not capable because they no, live with them. So yeah. I have felt comfortable saying it to those parents for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, but small steps at a time. Um, I'm
0: sure. I would imagine. I can't speak for them, but I would imagine they're delighted to know that there's a teacher who can relate. Actually, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I can't see it being anything but an absolute net positive. Um, you know, yeah. I, think I hope that, so. <laughs> Well, I think so. I think about my son's experience in school, I think that that would have only helped um, and perhaps given him someone to talk to. um, And actually we home school now, not because of the school, uh, because the school was populated with fantastic people um, who sadly, frankly, are not funded sufficiently well enough, but we won't go there. That's
1: the problem. That's a whole
0: different podcast. (laughs) That's a whole other
1: two-hour podcast.
0: I'm I'm, I'm not sure two hours would suffice probably um, not but um but you know our son's mental health was primary and so that was a decision we took um because ultimately you know
1: absolutely he but, comes first yeah well then
0: you don't need a degree to succeed in life you don't even need o no. uh, level uh, o levels showing my age pardon me you don't even need uh, gcs
1: now.
0: Level, uh, <laughs> to succeed it helps but you know um uh, you know I think uh, um,
1: absolutely. I mean, some of the smartest passion. people I know don't have a degree. Didn't yeah, do very well in A because schooling yeah. is one type of system. I mean, I am in that system, but yeah. it worked for me. It does not work for everyone.
0: No, it didn't work for me to be honest. I mean, a school, no. school was terrible for me. I did five GCSEs and was working on well, well, video. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like you say, if, if you have ADHD undiagnosed, then it's not the best for you. You're having to sit down for eight hours a day and.
0: Listen Not even plays. <laughs> every every school report for ten years must try and must stop fidgeting. Doesn't
1: stop talking, doesn't stop moving, yeah, doesn't. Absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely. I was
1: lucky. I had a very good year six teacher who who gave me a piece of blue tack to what I now know is to stim with. Wow. But obviously, then no. But she was like, "Right, I'm going to give you this. You don't give it to anybody else. You it's there constantly." She said, "But and it's it really And then I've used that one of those strategies now throughout my school career and even as an adult that's still one of my main stims is to rub my fingers in the same way as I would with that blue tap. Amazing. Um, You know all it takes is one teacher to see a need like that and it can have a massive impact.
0: Do you think that's what made you want to be a teacher?
1: She was one of the main things yeah I mean she came on a little bit late. I'd already sort of made the decision but um, she was definitely um, she was new to the school when I was in year six and yeah, absolutely. Um, I had the pleasure of working with her actually when I was at Sixth Farm in a school placement, and I was still completely in awe of her. But yeah, uh, yeah, Amazing. absolutely one of the main, just the main
0: reasons. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not 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 to sidetrack back to teachers, but there are some incredible people who are teachers, uh, genuinely, and mm. you know, uh, it was a very difficult decision to homeschool, and it's yeah. not because of the teachers. That's incredibly.
1: It's the environment. Talented,
0: well, talented, and she. Super- supremely underpaid and undervalued by society people that we will only fully understand the value of and miss when, when it's, gone. it's gone and mm-hmm. you know uh, it breaks my heart but that as we said that's a different podcast um <laughs> it might be so, bad for that one. yeah yeah absolutely I think I think we'll all get in trouble for that one one way or another um so talk a bit about where you are today I mean obviously uh, I can see on video eventually we'll release video but for now it's audio yeah. but Sad opposite me is a grown woman you have a family you're a teacher yes. uh, how have you risen to the challenge
1: um i think having a supportive family my partner is wonderful um he really is i mean i've had my diagnosis now for two years and in that two years there have been a lot of changes within myself which obviously when he met me he didn't he didn't sign up for he signed up for <laughs> the laura who was really good at masking and you know, would go out and be really social and was happy all the time. And that's not necessarily me anymore. I mean, we now have two children. Obviously, I'm a teacher. And sort of, as I've become more of an adult, if you will, obviously, the stress gets more. Um, So I have to find more strategies to deal with that. Um, It's just being more honest about my, certainly since my diagnosis, about what I can manage and it be good for my mental health yeah and what i can absolutely do but will end up in meltdown at some point um and just be much more honest with him and myself which is the hard thing of actually if i do that i'm going to suffer for that later it it's it's going to be a meltdown it's going to be 3 hours of being completely nonverbal and you know all these sorts of things that before i didn't realize weren't not normal emotional responses but were unusual emotional responses Um, and actually if I want to be the best person I can be for my children both at school and at home it means managing myself a lot better and putting down some of the masking and at the minute I'm learning what I can what I'm doing for other people to make them comfortable with who I am and what's better for me um so I'm stimming a lot more in public I'm turning down events that I probably should go to um you know just being honest with my friends of you know I'm not coming tonight and the reason I'm not coming is because I either don't want to or I can't um and if you don't like that I'm really sorry it's not meant to be offensive to you but that's who I am now and I mean that's caused problems with some people I'll be more than honest about that um but I've met people since, sort of new friends since my diagnosis, who are absolutely fine with me being a bit odd sometimes and not the norm socially always. And, uh, and it's finding those people who are willing to take me as I am. And that's been more of a struggle for people who've known me for a long time because they've known me masking and they've known, but that always leads to a mental health breakdown. And quite yeah. frankly, for my children, that's not the best thing for me to be doing. Um, so in order to keep healthy for them, mental health, um, it might mean annoying as some other people, but that's the decision I'm sort of having to make at the minute. Is what's best for my mental health, and sometimes that puts people's noses out of joint. And but I, I'm still finding the balance at the moment. I think
0: it's funny, isn't it, that um, we, I, I'm a people pleaser, and I hate saying yeah. no. that. Um, and yeah,
1: I, I know that.
0: <laughs> and and yet sometimes. Um, I, I totally get what you're saying. I know that if I do that, the price I'm going to pay mm-hmm. is going to be massive in X, Y, Z sort of way. And I'm not even—I'm not even autistic. So now, yeah. if I imagine autism loaded on top of that, um, you know, that ability—the ability of our son to go to school for six, seven hours a day, and mask, massive, and then come home and just,
1: just melt,
0: emotional <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: volcano of, yeah. of, you know, like in i mean, I mean the only way I could imagine anyone without autism could imagine it is, you know, riding riding down the side of a volcano on a surface no on the lava with no brakes. Yeah. You're just hurtling, hurtling yeah. around with intense emotions everywhere.
1: I mean mum at Parents Evening, you know, she always used to get there, you know, oh, isn't she wonderful? Isn't she you know, she's so hard working, she's so well behaved, and at home I'd get home and I'd just—I mean, some of the arguments we used to have are you know, monumental because I would just let everything out, and it was uncontrollable. It was no, I'm done. I've, I've hit the point of, and
0: yeah. there's
1: no, there's no coming back from that once you've hit that and you've gone over the edge into meltdown or to shut down. Yeah, there's, I think that's the hard thing is is that people don't look at autistic adults and think there's nothing they can do about that. They look at them in meltdown or shut down and think. Well, they just need to stop. And actually mm-hmm. understanding that's physically not possible. When I go into shutdown, I physically can't speak. I want to. There's nothing I want to do more than talk to my partner at that point. I'm physically unable to. And it's understanding it's not a choice. It's, it's a physical response. And I physically, I'm unable to do anything other than what I'm doing, whether that's curled up in a ball on the sofa in silence or completely flipping out, which thankfully for me doesn't happen. But it's, that one doesn't happen very often. I'm much more of a shutdown. But it's other people understanding that it's not a choice we make. It's, it's physical and there is nothing we can do. It's not a tantrum. You know, we're not throwing the toys out of the pram. It's a physical response that uh, once it's hit that point, there's no way to come you back. You've
0: just got to gotta let it play out, haven't you?
1: Yeah, and then normally sleep for however many hours afterwards. It's exhausting. Even um. a shutdown is exhausting.
0: Wow. Um, yeah. Well, it's amazing. I mean you know uh the, the time goes very quickly um uh it's amazing to hear your story and it's incredible obviously the support you have is everything and mm-hmm. your partner's obviously an absolute champ
1: oh it's fantastic
0: so, uh,
1: <laughs> everyone needs one
0: <laughs> i had fathers day yesterday he was properly spoiled i'm sure he was but um you know, i think um i think um there's, there's so much to take away from this and i think the key thing is that you know, you you do it does change your life. You do. Mm-hmm. Some people will come with you on the journey, and some people will kind of leave you behind at a certain yeah. point. And that's okay because, like you said, ultimately your mental health, especially for you and your kids, is yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's got
1: to come first.
0: It's essential. It's essential. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no there's no compromise there.
1: No. Um,
0: so amazing. Thank you, Laura. I can't thank you enough for sharing. Um, uh, what else can I say? Really, is there any other specific? Resource that you can point people at your number one as a teacher, you obviously recommend loads. So, what's I mean,
1: five? honestly, on a personal level, it's going to sound really twee, but Facebook groups I mean, I've found my tribe, I didn't realize there were other Amazing. people out there who thought like I think, yeah. you know, it is out there. I mean, there's not much um, professional support for adults, but. Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah. neural tribe. I found my neural tribe online. Amazing,
0: definitely. neuro tribe. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's and I think we're you know I think Uber Neuro is a reflection of that. Um, thank you so much, Laura. Uh, for everyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, this is just a project to help lots of different people tell their stories around uh, neurodiversity, whether they're diagnosed or undiagnosed. Uber Neuro was born out of the fact that my son was diagnosed recently, and I want to show him that adulthood is just as available to him and the opportunities in his life are whatever he wants them to be regardless of despite or because of his neurodiversity his superpower which is why we called it uber neuro um, and so hopefully uh, that will resonate with him and lots of others um, do uh, everyone listening please do share um, posters in groups let's find other people who need to tell their story and Laura, once again, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, we'll get this out there. Um, uh, it'll probably be towards the end of this week. Um, and um, what can I say? Thank you so much. A real thank play.
1: you for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you.
0: No worries.